0: Even when I don't see it, He's working. Even when I don't feel it, He's still working. He never stops. He never stops working. God is always interested in your life. Amen. He is working out things for you, guiding your steps, leading your path, directing your life. He never stops working. He is the way maker. Amen. Amen. Praise your Lord. Why don't we give the Lord a hand clap of praise right now? Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise the Lord, and it's good to be in God's house this morning, amen? There is no other place I would rather be on Sunday than in God's house. There is no other place I'd rather be any day of the week, quite frankly, but I love Sundays. I love being in God's house, amen? Praise the Lord. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. If you've got your Bibles, why don't you grab them? We're going to go to the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 17. feel the presence of the Lord here this morning. It's good to have everybody that is here with us. If you're visiting with us, we are very glad that you've come today. We are glad that you were able to be here, spend time in God's presence, because that's what it's about. You're not here just to spend time with people, but it is when those people come together with an intent and a focus to lift God up, to create an atmosphere where God can dwell, Amen. And when you come into this, that's what we want. That's what you're feeling this morning. So we're glad you're here. First Samuel, chapter 17. I know it's Father's Day as well. So we give honor to all of our fathers that are here. Amen. And we're grateful for the influence that fathers have in our life. Amen. I wouldn't be who I am today or where I am today without the influence of my dad in my life. You know, teaching me, instructing me, helping me learn the things of the Lord. Amen. And of course, we're grateful for the father to the fatherless. Amen. Jesus has never failed me yet. He's never let me down once in my life. I've walked out on him. He's never walked out on me. I've been unfaithful. He's been faithful. He never changes. He never stops. Amen. If you found First Samuel chapter 17, we're going to read from verse 45. Very familiar passage for those who have been in Sunday school for any period of time. First Samuel chapter 17 verse 45 then said David to the Philistine thou comest to me with a sword with a spear and with a shield but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts the God of the armies of Israel whom thou hast defied. This day Will the Lord deliver thee into my hand, and I will smite thee, and will take thy head from thee. I will give the carcasses of the hosts of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air, and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saves not with the sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's and He will give you into our hands. I couldn't quite come up with a title for this, but I've just spotted it in the Scripture that we read. I want to preach to you for a little while this morning on this thought. The battle is the Lord's. Turn to the person next to you say, The battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's. Praise the Lord. In our text, we're reading the story of David and Goliath. Put your hands up quickly if you've heard the story of David and Goliath. Good. We know David was a shepherd boy. About the age of 17, he came to his brothers who were in the army of Israel bringing cheeses and food and some grapes and some other things for his brothers who were in the army. And as he arrives in the camp of the armies of Israel, he sees across the valley Goliath. A giant. A man of war from his youth. A warrior. Armed with a sword, a spear, and a shield. And he comes down into the valley and demands that the children of Israel send out a a champion to come and and fight against him. His thinking was, rather than have two armies go at it, we should just get a champion, someone from your side, to come out to the valley and to do battle with me. And if I beat him, we don't have to fight. You guys will just surrender And be our slaves. And if you beat me, then my Philistine army, we will surrender. And we will be your slaves. We read in the story here of David and Goliath that they are in a desperate situation. The children of Israel are, we would say, up against it. Between a rock and a hard place. One of the problems they had was that the king who was their leader. The king who the Bible says was head and shoulders above every other man. He was the one who should have stepped up and said, I'm going to go fight this giant. I am the anointed king of Israel. But instead we find that he's sitting in his tent, seemingly unable to muster up the courage to go out and face down this giant Goliath of Gath. In verse 24 of chapter 17, we read that all the men of Israel fled when they saw Goliath of Gath take the field. And it is, is it any wonder? Because he was formidable. The Bible tells us that he was standing approximately nine foot nine inches tall. That's big. He wore a brass coat of mail to protect himself, a, a sword, a shield, and a spear, the Bible tells us that is like a weaver's beam. Something like nearly 12 foot long. Twice my height. The truth of the matter was was that the children of Israel were fighting for far more than just their lives. If they were to lose a life of slavery to the Philistines would follow. They would lose their homeland. They would lose their towns. And so they were fighting for the survival of their homeland. They were fighting for their wives and for their children. They were fighting for their way of life. And church, make no mistake this morning, we are in a fight for our spiritual lives. And nothing less than the eternal destination of mankind hangs in the balance. You look at where this world is headed. You look at where culture is taking us. If there was ever a time for the church to realize that we are in a battle, it's this time. If there was ever a time for the church to realize that we need to stand for righteousness... It's this time. It's this day. We are in a fight for the lives and the hearts of our families. In a fight for the lives and the hearts of our children. For our community. For our workplaces. For our town. We are in a fight. More and more people are getting distracted and disconnected from the things of God. And just trying to get people in the doors of the church seems like an insurmountable task. Sometimes, the world captures attention through social media and through the internet and through advertisements and through TV and everything else. And as a result, the world's mind is not tuned to the things of God. And of course, in addition to this, the enemy does not want to see Gospel spread. He works as best he can in our church, even looking to bring disunity and discord, whispering lies and magnifying offenses that happen in church. But I am here to tell you I've learned a little something today. I've learned that if I can fight my battles under the authority and under the power of the name of Jesus. There is no devil that can stand against us. There is no hell that is too hot for us to handle. Psalms chapter 60 and verse 12 says, Through God we shall do valiantly, for He it is that shall tread down our enemies. And I want to give you some principles that I've learned today. That if we can apply them to our lives, and if we can apply them to our church, we are going to have a victory over every circumstance. Victory over every situation. Victory over every battle that is raging in the hearts of mankind this day. Here's the first thing I noticed in verse 45. He said, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts. What is David actually saying to Goliath? Here's what he's saying. He's saying, you think that this is my fight. You think that you're fighting the armies of Israel. You think that this is going to be decided by martial strength. You think that muscle power and discipline are going to win this day you might have your sword you might have your shield you might have your spear but david is saying i am bringing to this fight something more powerful than you will ever be i am bringing the lord of hosts i am bringing the god of the universe and i am coming in his name i fight in his name i stand in his name his name is my banner what david is doing is he is Elevating the fight. He's saying, This fight, Goliath, it's not between you and me. Uh uh-uh. uh. This fight, it's between you and my God. So bring it, Goliath. Hallelujah. For too long, we've been thinking that we can do things in our own strength. We need to learn that we need to elevate our battleground, amen. We try over and over and over again to do it in our might and our strength and our power and our abilities and our talents. We think if we can just try harder, we could live for God. We think if we just keep trying our best, we are going to make it. And we face our Goliaths and we lose every day that addiction that we cannot break, that feeling you can't shake of not being worthy or not being good enough, that sinking feeling that crushes you when you feel like you failed God again. But I'm here to tell you today that if you can bring to bear the name that is above every other name, if we can bring to bear the name, this is what the Bible says about that name. In Ephesians chapter 1 verse 21, it says, Far above all principalities and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. I'm here to tell you, church, His name is far above every every principality, every power, every dominion, every other name in this world and that world and any other world you want to name. His battle is not my battle. It's his battle. Amen. My fight is his fight. My Goliath becomes his Goliath. Amen. And so when I elevate my battlefield, I make the battle between my situation and my Savior. I make the battle between my problem and my provider. And I'm here to tell you today, there is no chain that my God cannot break. There is no addiction that He cannot shatter. There is no sickness that He cannot heal. There is no depression that can stand in the presence of the King of kings. There is no demon in hell that can face Him. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Church, Someone shout amen. amen. When we elevate the battlefield, we live our lives under the banner of the name of Jesus. I find freedom. I find purpose. I find a reason to live. And I can face down my giants every day of the week. And I know that I will be victorious. We fight under the banner of His name. The battle is the Lord's, and we will be victorious. Someone shout hallelujah. It becomes a foregone conclusion. Don't you love that? We are going to be victorious. And here's the thing. David knew that once he elevated the battleground to God's level and said, "Nah, Goliath, you're fighting my God now the God of the armies of Israel whom you've defied. I'm coming in His name. When we elevate the battlefield, when we begin to live our lives under the banner of the name of Jesus, we are going to be victorious. There is nothing the enemy can do. Look at this. Read, Listen to David's language here in verse 46. This day will The Lord deliver thee into my hand, and I will smite thee. I will give the carcass of the host of the Philistines this day. I will, I will, I will. That giant is still standing there. But David already knows, this is not my battle anymore. I'm just the one that God's using. I'm just the tool in God's hand, amen. And he's knowing that it's already going to be victorious, amen. He knows that there is nothing Goliath can do to stand against the might of the God of the armies of Israel. I'm here to tell you today, when you elevate your situation into the realm of the supernatural, when you begin to speak the name of Jesus over your life, over the life of your family, over the life of your children, something happens in the enemy's camp. They realize they cannot be victorious when we elevate the battlefield. We are going to be victorious. Isaiah 54 and verse 17 tells us, No weapon formed shall prosper. Jesus said, Upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. What does that word Hades mean? It means death. What does he say? He's saying, I don't care what situation you are facing in your life, right up to and including death, the church will still be victorious. Amen. That's why it says in First Corinthians, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. It is a foregone conclusion. We will be victorious. Someone shout, we will, victorious. we will be victorious. There is nothing that the enemy can do to defeat us. What can stand against the power of our God, we have overcome. Every lie, every fear has been undone. We have overcome this morning. First John chapter 4 and verse 4, it says, You are of God, little children and have overcome them. Why? Because greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. I'm here to tell somebody today, it doesn't matter if you're staring your giant right now in the eyes. I don't care what addiction you're facing. I don't care what sickness you've got in your body. I don't care what mental illness you might be battling against. I don't care what situation looks hopeless in your life. I am here to tell you that if you can live your life under the power of the name of Jesus, there is nothing the enemy can do to take you out. There is no situation that is too hard for my God to handle. There's victory. There's power. There's freedom. There's purpose in the name of Jesus. He has already lost the enemy. He's already been defeated. Our victory is inevitable. You are the victorious church. And that's why we rejoice. It's why we know we're going to win. When we sung that song this morning, Brother Kenneth. Oh, Man, that was just confirmation. I'm going to dance and praise Him. It doesn't matter what comes my way. Why? The greater one lives inside of me. What's His name? Jesus. What's His name? Jesus. He lives inside of us. Praise you, Lord. Amen. Amen. So if we fight... Under the authority and the power of the name of Jesus. If we elevate, and that's how we elevate our battles to God's realm. Is when we say, no, I'm going to live my life and surrender to Jesus now. Take that, devil. When we elevate our battlefield to God's level. When we tap out and bring God into our situation. We know that we're going to be victorious. But here's the other thing we know. If the victory is inevitable, it's the glory that God gets. And that's what we want, amen? David said in verse 46, the end of verse 46, he said, why was all this going to happen? That all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Let me tell you today, when you are victorious because you've elevated the battlefield to his level. And when you have declared that this is his battle, the battle is the Lord's, amen, then we know that God is going to be the one that gets all the glory. And that's great because I don't want the glory. I can't face my giants on my best day. I can't live for God on my best day. I can't stand for righteousness on my best day. But I know a God who lives inside of me who can, amen. And the Bible says in John chapter 12 and verse 32, if I be lifted up, this is Jesus, I will draw all men unto me. And this is what we want. When we are a victorious church, when we have elevated our battlegrounds, our situations to the Lord's level, our life points to God. And that's what I want. I want my life to point to Jesus. I want my walk to show people that I have a God who is glorified in my life. I want people to know that I wouldn't be here if it was not for Jesus. The truth of the matter is is that I would be completely lost without Jesus in my life. He is my everything. He is my all. My life is His completely. Because the truth of the matter is, is that because He is victorious... I am victorious because He has overcome. I have overcome. Amen. This is why in Psalm chapter 124, the psalmist writes, he says, Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as a prey to their teeth. Our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we are escaped. Why? Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. I am victorious only because of Jesus Christ in my life. I am victorious only because I have elevated my life to his level. And I've said, God, I want to live my life and surrender to you. I want to live my life under your purpose and under your authority and following your plan for my life. If you feel like that, why don't you shout amen? And because of Jesus in my life, it is only Jesus that will draw people to Him. It is only Jesus that will draw people to Him. Praise the Lord. And so there's a progression here. We elevate our battlefield. We fight in the name of Jesus. We rejoice. Because even in the middle of our situations, we're still going to be victorious. I read the end of the book. Guess what? We win. Hallelujah. We elevate our battle. We rejoice because the battle's already won and we give all the glory to Jesus because He is the only one that is worthy. But here's what I know. Here's what I know. So often in my life, I try and battle things in my own mind. I try and do things under my own strength, under my own willpower. But I am learning that there are battles that I need to elevate. There are battles I need to give to the Lord and say, Jesus, this is your fight. You take over, Lord. I'm not interested in fighting this one. This one's too big for me. This one I don't understand. I don't know what's going on. Amen. We need to learn to bring our situations to the feet of Jesus. Because there's power in the name of Jesus. Amen. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 10 says, You are complete in Him, talking about Jesus, which is the head, the authority, the power over all principalities and power. Jesus said, Matthew 28, verse 18, all power, someone shout all power, all power power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. And Colossians chapter 3 and verse 17 says, whatsoever you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of Jesus. Why don't we all stand this morning? Can I tell somebody today there is power in the name of Jesus? You want to know why when I lay hands on someone who's sick, I pray for them, I pray in the name of Jesus? Because there is power and authority in the name of Jesus. And I don't know what situations you're facing. I've got some ideas. But we all have different situations, different battles that we are facing. Maybe you have a child who's walked out on God. Maybe you are facing an impossible situation at home. Maybe you're sitting here today, you feel bound by the chains of addiction. Maybe you feel hopeless. Maybe you feel lost this morning. Maybe you feel adrift. Maybe, maybe you feel like you have no purpose. Can I tell you that if you pray in the name of Jesus, something will happen. Chains will begin to break. Strongholds will begin to fall. We're going to open these altars this morning, and and I want you to bring your battles down here to the front. Bring your situations to the Lord, and we're going to pray over you in the name of Jesus. And I believe we're going to see some differences in people's lives. I'm here to tell you that the name of Jesus is not some magic formula. But I do know that miracles happen when we pray in the name of Jesus. It's not some parlor trick. But I know that He is a name that has all power and authority in heaven and in earth. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, today you can. If you don't know what it means to... To live a life under the authority, the power of Jesus. To have a life that is victorious. To have a life of meaning and purpose. Come to this altar. Give your life to the Lord. Say, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. It's the start of a lifelong journey of obedience to God's word. And you will find that your life will be victorious through Jesus as well. His name is the only saving name. Acts 4 and 12 tells us neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The Bible tells us in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 9 that His name is the only exalted name. Wherefore God also has highly exalted Him and given Him a name which is above every other name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Church, the battle is not ours. The battle is the Lord's. The only challenge that we struggle with in our life is we just don't give them to the Lord to fight. We try and take control. So I want to open these altars. If you want to come this morning, you got a child that's walked out in God. you got a situation at work you don't know what to do with. You're looking for purpose. You're looking for direction. I want you to come down the front here. It's a step of faith. You're stepping out. You're saying, God, I want to do what the preacher said. I want you to take control over this situation, Lord. You're going to come up the front, and we're going to pray together in the name of Jesus. We're going to see strongholds break. We're going to see chains broken. We're going to see walls come crumbling down. Every mountain can be cast out and removed into the sea. Amen. Brother Clinton said it so well at Turning Point. He said, you've got enough faith. You've got the faith. We struggle with unbelief. Amen. As these altars are open, as our musicians begin to sing, I'm here to tell you there's freedom in the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's victory in the name of Jesus. Don't leave today without bringing God into your battlefield. Praise the Lord. Let's sing.